This episode of the Golden Era Podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible is a leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, business, and self-development. Every month, members get one credit to pick any title, plus two Audible originals from monthly selection, and access to daily news digests from the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs. I know recently among us here at the Golden Air, we have been listening to Incomparable by Brie and Nikki Bella. Recent mothers, congratulations to both of you on the two healthy baby boys. If you guys are interested in joining Audible, head on over to audibletrial.com slash goldenera to claim your free 30-day trial of Audible services. Again, thank you so much to Audible for sponsoring this episode. Let them take you back to the Golden Era. Hey everyone! I know it's been a little while, but welcome back to the Golden Era Podcast. Jose here, and I'm joined by Jake and Ramon. How are you guys doing? What's up? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing all right. It's been 84 years since our last. <laughs> so you know, I mean, we haven't had an eventful summer at all, have we? No, I can't. I can't. I logged on to my Skype, and it was like, so it's like you. I don't use this for anything like other than the show. I was like, last conversation was June fifteenth. I was like, really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, we have a lot going on, folks, to kind of catch you up on everything. I know uh, Chastity couldn't join us. She has a bunch of life stuff going on, some big things going on with her. Uh, I mean, to kind of address part of our absence, just a lot of things going on. Personally, I know we did lose our dear friend Casey Michael uh, just about a month ago. Uh, the beloved owner of Squared Circle Sirens. Uh, no, he was probably one of the biggest advocates for women's wrestling that I could ever think of outside of uh, the people on this call. So huge loss, but seeing everyone come together for him uh, after his passing uh, with helping his family out with GoFundMe, just the kind words and memories that everyone has of that site. I know our good friend Chris Riddle does also have some health stuff going on uh, with his kidney. He will eventually need a transplant. Another very successful GoFundMe Great words uh, from the likes of Mia Yim, Trish Stratus, Lita, uh, the Bella Twins. It's just, it's amazing to see that two amazing people uh, just getting that recognition back from wrestling that they made sure that they gave wrestling themselves too. So I know that's something I'm very grateful that we are able to at least talk about. But, For sure. And, and, and to know that like uh, the entire wrestling community, at least the women's wrestling community came together to um, put money together for both GoFundMe's and and be able to just show their support. And when someone's during someone's time of need, it's it just a testament to how big uh, the women's wrestling family as a whole it actually really is. It it really is. You know, honestly, like I strongly dislike most wrestling fans. So, but like except <laughs> the women's wrestling community, it's a very different. Like I feel like when people think of wrestling fans, they're like thinking of like teeth optional trump supporters like gross like that's not the women's wrestling community we're a very niche group of people and it's it's honestly and it's like people like that personally like years ago i didn't know existed until like i got more immersed in it and it's such a family and it's such a tight-knit group of people and i think everything that's gone on with casey and chris has really been evident of that um just the words of love that have come out for both of these incredible humans 
um, it's really heartwarming and it's really powerful to show the impact, um, you know, like everyone in the women's wrestling community has on one another. Um, it's, it's a great group of people. And, you know, I love that everyone showed out and that the girls showed out for these guys. Um, they're really both very special people. Um, I think we all miss Casey a lot. Um, it's still very fresh. I feel like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's it, like, um, Jose mentioned, it's only been like a month. Um, and then Chris, Chris obviously is like one of my best friends. So like, you know, talking to him like every day about this, it's still very ongoing, still very current. He's had a, he has a great attitude about it. Um, I'm so proud of him. Um, so yeah, but like, thank you all like for the support for him and for Casey. Um, they're both good friends of all of ours and it means a lot. Yeah, and then I know I speak for uh, the rest of the Scrooge Circle Sirens team, just an outpouring of thank you for every kind word everyone ever said about the site. And then we do have some things that we do want to do uh, further down the line when the time is right to honor Casey for sure. So keep your eyes out for that. But in the meantime, uh, we need to talk about some other impacts that were made uh, way back in 2004. Such simpler times, huh, guys? <laughs> I know. Like, like, I remember like yesterday, and it's forever ago. <laughs> Wait, you mean like So Yesterday by Hilary Duff? Wasn't that out around that time? Or one of those? I, right? That was circa 2003. So like early, so like this like school year? Like <laughs> Okay, so we're talking about, like so 2004, like, we mean Fly by Hilary yeah, Duff. We're, we're, by era. we're in Fly era. We're in Fly. We're in Lindsay Lohan, Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen. We're like that time. We're actually, that's literally out around this time period. Because I remember seeing like billboards in New York City when I went to WrestleMania. So... <laughs> so <laughs> Um, Well, speaking of WrestleMania, we can be remiss to talk about this. Uh, It was the mania that snatched us, or in this case, Molly Holly bald. So, yes, we do have to talk about the fact that we are after WrestleMania 20. Uh, Just a little bit of a brand shaking up. But one thing that definitely was shaken up every week was what chin strap wig was Molly Holly wearing on Raw? Oh, my God. (laughs) I remember... The first Raw after WrestleMania, and I was, like, so excited to see what Molly was going to look like bald. I was like, oh, my God, are they going to have her come out bald? But instead, she had the wigs on, and, like, every weekend it was either a short bob or, like, my favorite was the messy blonde hair. <laughs> it, like, it was like she didn't even bother combing it. Like, she took it, like, right out of the bag, it looked like. Like, it was, like, some party city shit. Like, I do love that all of them did have chin straps too. I think there was one like the curly long brown one that Victoria went to do like uh, air beal to and the wig came off before Molly could do <laughs> I think the best part though is, and I, I mean this sincerely, I think Molly looked so good bald. Like she just has such a pretty face that like even bald, it was like, and you know, the commentators were like, oh my God, so disgusting and stuff like that. Like when they took it off and I'm like, I think she still looks good. <laughs> like, no, well, like she even kept it short afterwards, right? Yeah. yeah she even yeah. said she preferred it short afterwards too. So it's kind of she, ironic. It's 2020 and it's still short. So <laughs> say she was happy. So like good for her. It was a win-win for her. <laughs> like, I love um, the fact that I love the fact that they included the chin strap in the SmackDown versus Raw game when she like did her entrance. <laughs> oh yeah, or was it like one of the Day of Reckoning games too? I think where like she has the chin strap wig, and then like of course it was back in the days where they had bra and panties matches, but they didn't have like actual attire. They had the 
damn schoolgirl outfits from uh, Taboo Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. That was a choice. Did but you she, know what else? Did, oh, did her oh. wig come off in the video game at all? I remember her having the wig, but I don't remember if it came off or not. I think she was bald for like the broad panties match. Why? I don't know. Oh, that is some fetish shit. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost positive. I think she, I know you, you were able to play like her as ball, but I think it was only for like the broad panties match. Okay. I could be, I could be wrong. I, that was the one with the shitty roster too. That like, yeah, I think it was like literally Molly, Stacy, Trish, and Victoria. Yeah. I like, think that was their reckoning. No, I think. Smash yeah. On the GameCube. I think that was the last game. That was the last game. That I think that, uh, Sable was in. Yeah. Sable and Tori, I think were in it too. Yeah. But like, yeah, but the, I was like, where that that I remember that roster pissed me off because like they left out Lita and like Nidia Jazz, like oh, so shitty, what a shit. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah. if uh, one of our uh, WWE games fact trackers can let us know if Molly did appear bald in one of the damn uh, video games, please tweet us at Valval Holler. <laughs> <laughs> Screenshot. Because I actually want to do for my show something about video game models. I just, I've been asked to do it so many times. It's just honestly, like, I'm just concerned about getting footage for it. Because, like, I feel like it'd be, like, a fun topic. And I have, like, a list in mind. I'm just, like, I don't know if I'd have, like, footage to actually show these for them. <laughs> or, or, like, I don't want to put that on my editor. Because, like, I feel bad. Because, like, I, like, throw shit at him all the time. He's, like, when did that happen? <laughs> and, like, <laughs> I was, like, here. <laughs> just like send them all the links and as i mean as long as we get victoria's entrance oh, from what? the day of reckoning game where she does like the fucking like <laughs> robot like batwing move i've literally had to do that before like I, it was like my second episode of the show and um i was talking i did like the action figures and they were like okay you mentioned jacqueline talking about her action figure in an interview when was that i can't find it at all i was like it was the sunday night heat before survivor series 1999 here like, <laughs> like directly. Like, Encyclopedia Smith over here. <laughs> oh boy. Um. Yeah. No. So Molly serving looks. Um. Also, can we talk about someone else who I personally believe was serving looks at this time, and I think oh, the best looks of her career, Trish Stratus. Of course. I oh, mean. The bomber jacket was just the start of it all, really. It really was. Like it, this was a new era of Trish. And I love how, like, so usually I feel like a heel or a face turn can be, like, there's, like, a transitional period where it's, like, okay, they kind of have to, like, like, I feel like, like, Naomi. Like, it was, like, it took me a few to see her as a heel, you know? Um, like, I was, like, all right, I got to ease into this. With Trish, like, I felt like it was instant. Like, and then not to mention she, uh, like, the gear change, like, I, I, like, the black baggy pants or, like, the... Yeah, it just, it just she, I don't know. She just made it look like it was kind of it was still Trish, but at the same time too, you could tell this is a whole brand new version that we haven't seen at least in a very very long time, or if not for the first time ever from Trish Stratus. I it really I remember reading an article about her new wardrobe in like Raw magazine or something, and like how current Christian went to some store in New York. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, but um, yeah, so she like her promo the night after WrestleMania was like, you know, just really owning this new persona, blaming Chris Jericho for not being there for her. And like, she's like, I had to face Christian 
by myself. It's just like, wait, so this guy beat the shit out of you, but you're embracing him? Like, but it was, it, I kind of loved it, though. Um, and they were so, they just, like, gelled really well together. I was so upset it was so short-lived. But um, I just, I love Tristan. Yeah, no, I mean, she did go from getting her bl- uh, back blown out to really getting her back blown out, if you know what I mean. So, <laughs> I mean, good for them. Uh, we would also see them eventually, like, try to capitalize on this feud with Chris Jericho at Backlash uh, in a two-on-one handicap match where you don't normally get to see kind of an intergender handicap match much yeah. at this time. I, w- I really, I love that they were doing an intergender match. I remember being so excited. And even leading up to it, like, there was that highlight reel with the Jericho and Trish like going head to head. And it was kind of, I like, I mean like definitely like gross cause Jericho stuff with like slut ho, all that stuff he always says, but it was fun to see Trish like on the receiving end of that just for her reactions. Like, <laughs> like I love, she'd just be like, oh, come on. Like, I resent you. there's a part where like he called like because she's like do you know who i am i'm a three-time babe of the year he's like wasn't babe a talking pig yeah (laughs) (laughs) her her facial expressions like she sold that like completely well it was it was just hilarious like now looking back and you're like wow that was a really shitty move but like back then like i guess because you wanted to hate her so much because of what she did and, and, yeah. and how she turned her back to it. Like she played it, she played the role to a T and that match. Uh, I, I probably one of my favorite uh, handicap matches, I think ever, to be honest. I agree. It, it was smart too. Um, you know, I think Trish looked like, you know, a mega heel in it and, you know, Jericho, he, it, like you got to see him like at a, his like retribution or whatever so like um i don't know i just i really love the team of uh trish and Jer- trish and christian um leading up to back and then okay i thought this was unnecessary i didn't like the addition of tomco to the mix yeah, I mean, if there's one good thing, I will say before we kind of address the elephant in the room that is Tyson Tomko, is the fact that that chick kicked to the outside to Jericho lived oh, on yeah. Titantron for fucking ever. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, that was, oh my god. I She was so good, like, fresh heel turn. Um, the only thing I was, like, missing was her being in the women's vision, which we'll get to later. Um, but, like, right off the bat, I was worried she'd go back to being a valet permanently, I feel like. You know, yeah. well, I know for me, I was watching much later, so I would have never known like that Trish really started as a valet until I went back. So I just kind of always assumed, like, oh, Trish was a super nice baby face when she came back to help but, Ashley. And then I went back and I'm like, oh, wait, no, she was a huge bitch in 2004. And yeah, like, Whoa. she was the bitch. She was, <laughs> she, I don't know what it was, but that finally like clicked. But I'm guessing that like maybe. Babyface Trish was going to get stagnant after a while, and, and she was, like, at the top of the division from, what, like, 2000, 2001 to, like, yeah. till, till then. So then, like, to be able to do, like, a, a full switch, uh, it was just a testament to, like, she can literally pull off just about anything. Yeah, I do think it's also interesting because I think she mentioned it uh, in an interview that the plans for WrestleMania 20 were to actually keep her face, and then day of, they said, oh, no, you're turning. Yeah, I'm so glad. I feel like honestly, it would have gotten to a point where the crowd would have turned on her because, like, and you know, we started to sort of see that in pieces towards the end of her career. Um, not 
consistently, I don't think. But, like, there are a few matches where people started to turn on her. Um, just because the thing is, is, like, she was so likable. And honestly, like, I feel like, honestly, if we had Trish now, people probably would have turned on her with, like, the internet mentality these days. Oh, easy. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, back then, like, their social media wasn't really a thing. So, like, it wasn't like people would be have an outlet to, like, really get people to be like, oh, my God, I'm so sick of trash. Like, I feel like people would have been, like, treated her like a lot of people treat Charlotte. Like, you know, excellent wrestler, entertaining, but, like, at the same time, they're like, oh, she's always champion. I'm so sick of it. You know? Like, I feel like we would have gotten that with Trish, for sure. Yeah, um, I guarantee you there were probably a couple uh, Yahoo groups that were really anti-Trish back in the day. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Like, but uh, I feel I feel the difference though. Like, from if we're gonna like, I guess if we're gonna compare, uh, I guess like a Trish and a Charlotte, uh, I feel like her title reign, even though they were like a little spaced out, but they all meant each one meant something. So like, especially the one where I think I think that's where kind of where we're we're getting towards is uh, the start of her year long reign um, later down the line. But still, like each defense that she had. Like during that entire reign, it all meant something. It wasn't like a like a, a huge throwaway, or, or where mm-hmm. it wasn't like you know like uh or like a Sasha Banks where she loses every you know every first title defense, or or a random like for example like we're talking about current product right now, uh like Lana winning a random battle royal and it's gonna be over in a week. You know what I mean? So like it, they made her mean something, and I think that's what the difference is now. And I think what you said, Jose. Uh, there wasn't the the presence of the internet, so there wasn't a, like you couldn't sit there and rag on someone. You, I mean, I wasn't using the internet back then. <laughs> I See, can't speak on everyone else. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with you on that. To be honest, I feel like a lot of Trish's reigns were actually a lot shorter than people realized they were. Like most of them were only about like a month or two. Um, were they like, really? Yeah, her first yeah. one, like her first one was like that. That one meant a lot. I mean, like I get that one. The second one was she won it in May and lost it in June. Um, like, and she won it because Jazz got injured. Um, so and she, she lost it because she wouldn't kiss Tori Wilson. Exactly. Yeah. Well, no, I, I think I think she lost the first time because she wouldn't kiss Tori because she was supposed to do the pose down that Stacy did. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So she lost it the first. Jazz won the title because she wouldn't do the pose down. Um, and then. So the second time, her second win was she beat Jazz. She had the one-off match with Stacey. Um, and then she went into the feud with Molly. The thing is, what I will say is, and then at WrestleMania, that she lost it the next month to Jazz. Oh, and then she lost, um, she won the title with Molly, and then she lost it in like two months to Victoria. But what I will say is, what did mean more is, even though these reigns were, sh- were short, they built up other women. Um, so it wasn't really like, like it's Trish is remembered for being this multiple time champion. But I think the thing is for me, what I remember is the rivalries that came out of these title runs, even though some of them were short for Trish. Yeah, they were short for Trish, but a lot of the time though, it was her chasing the title from her rivals, which is why it gave the illusion that Trish was really like the bigger star in this, in this scenario. Cause more often than not, she wasn't the champion on a lot of these feuds. Yeah. 
And then kind of going off of that, Jake, too, you see that nowadays where like you have certain people where the chase to the championship is more important than the reign right. with yep. the championship. We've seen it with Tony Storm. We've seen it with Sasha Banks. Yep. We've seen it so many different times. And then it's just like, OK, now what? And it fizzles out. So right. I do think Trish being able to constantly be trying to go after the title is part of what added to her legacy and just being able to have these matches with the likes of Jazz, with Victoria, with Molly Holly, with Mickey James, like really putting on these moments around the title without necessarily having the title. Exactly. Yeah. I just, I, I think she really is made right. Yeah. I definitely see that comparison with Sasha. Like a lot of Sasha's reigns are shorter, but you know, I think people are always going to remember her down later down the road as like one of the greats um, because of those chases for the belt. Like look at case in point right now, like she's chasing the title from Bailey. Um, going into her third Hell in a Cell match, yeah, if you told, right. if you told me five years ago that we were going to have one woman's Hell in a Cell matches, to the fact that we'd have three of them, and wow. three, the fact that one woman would be in every single one, I would have thought you were smoking crack. Right? No, could you imagine? I remember, um, like, in 2014 when the Bellas were rumored to be in the Hell in a Cell match, and, like, people were like, ah, no, they would not put the Divas in one. And, like, two years later, they were. So like, yeah, and then, like, the funny part is I remember a couple weeks before they announced Charlotte and Sasha and Helena Sala did a presentation in college about Give Divas a Chance and, like, how things were slowly on the up and up. Week after that, they made Event Raw. The next week after that, they announced they're going to be in the first Hell in a Cell. And it's just, like, kind of crazy that even back then I was talking about, like, how we had this golden era that got left in the past. Right. And how things were starting to creep back up. And then you see it now full throttle. It's just, it's intense. It really, it really is. Um, it's it's so crazy because like my I have a my my cousin who got me into wrestling. We we, we chit chat every now and then because he's in the military, so he's stationed on Hawaii. Um, but like we'll talk about like old times. Like yeah, you remember Trish Stratus? I'm like um, yeah, of course I know Trish Stratus. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I was, have you heard of her? <laughs> I was like yeah, I know, I know exactly who she is. Uh, and then we would talk about certain things, and I would kind of catch him up on like how women's wrestling is now. And he's like, man, like, it's crazy. I remember the days of, like, the, the bikini contest and the bra and panties matches. And we always laugh about it because the one thing he remembers is the Miss Rumble swimsuit contest. Oh, my God. Iconic. And, and he, he he remembers that because I was, like, one of the first things I was ever exposed to in wrestling, ironically, would be the Miss Rumble <laughs> bikini contest. Right. I mean, exposed but, um, is the right word. <laughs> yeah, for, for sure. <laughs> But, you love, um, like crazy when... how I'm able to tell him, like, you know, how much wrestling has changed. And now, you know, these girls are getting, you know, to wrestle 15, 20 minute matches and wrestle in, in, a, in a, you know, in a hardcore match. Or they're getting, you know, put through a table, you know, exhibit Lana. <laughs> going through an office table for like four weeks in a row. But like, it's it's crazy how much stuff has changed. And to be able to go back and be like, yeah, it's, it's not like that anymore. I would have never thought I had that discussion with anyone. <laughs> Yeah, but you also know who would have never thought that women would be in the positions they are now? Nydia, the one of the two <laughs> women to win uh, the Tough Enough competition back in 03. She gets sent over to Raw and really starts to get into her uh, groove as a wrestler. Playing her debut on Raw. 
And I feel like this was the start of Nydia really starting to prove herself more in the ring. Because we always knew she had something from when she was working with Tori Wilson and Jamie Noble on SmackDown. But I feel like once she got drafted over to Raw, she really kicked it into high gear. Like, those matches with Molly Holly, her and Gail Kim working together so much on Heat, building awesome chemistry. Like, I would have never known if I didn't look back, like, how good Nydia got, like, in 2004. That she really wanted to be there and busted her ass to stay there. You know, the thing is with Nydia is I don't think she gets ever got enough recognition as a wrestler. Um, Not and at all. Th- here's the thing. So like after she won Tough Enough, she like stayed off TV for like a good year almost. Like she like accompanied Maven like once or twice and like I think the APA and Jacqueline once. But like she wasn't really like featured. Like they didn't really know what to do with her. So they took her to training. I remember she made an appearance like on the second season of Tough Enough. Like, as, like, a guest trainer, and, like, her, the, her they didn't have Titantron, really, for her, so it was, like, a fit emoji, like, running. So, like, <laughs> um, like when they showed her, it's like, Nydia's here! Um, but, uh, so then, like, when she debuted, she was a manager, and she killed it. She got character development down right away. And, for me, I was blown away by her, just because it was a total transformation from who we saw on Tough Enough. Like, I remember, of course, like, a, an image of her in my head of her looking like really shy and almost like intimidated backstage because China just showed up to the arena and they were recording those like judgment day promos um, like in the back or something when they went to SmackDown. Um, but uh, so like see the transformation of her on TV was awesome. But then to see her wrestle was incredible. Like when they did segments like with Shaniqua and stuff, Nitty was always the one who took the hardest bumps. Like, oh, yeah. Like, Tori would just get like a kick, Dawn would get like push. But like, Nydia, like, I remember she got Gorilla pressed out of the ring. Like, mm-hmm. that was like, like, that's actually like for anyone, that's a tough bump to take. So, like, I was impressed by that. But like, she, you know, she showed out. She was taking moves from the guys in the cruiserweight matches. Like, so I was like, she can handle being in the division. So I was so happy. I remember being so happy when she got drafted. I hated her theme music, but I was so happy she got drafted. Like, I was like, you, this shit off. <laughs> you know one thing I love, though? I love the fact that, like, they. I guess once she moved to Raw, she was able to embrace more of her Latina side, which is yes. one thing that we didn't see uh, pretty much at all from any of the other girls. Hell yeah. I don't everyone think was, people was very knew she cutter. was Latina. First Puerto yeah, Rican Puerto WWE Rican. diva, too. Yeah. First Puerto Rican WWE diva, and they announced her from Puerto Rico. And I'll never forget the segment that she had backstage where she's like j- drinking like a smoothie or something. Oh, and yeah. She starts, oh, yeah. And then she, <laughs> she starts start, cussing out Trish in Spanish. And then, and then Trish uh, says, she's like, I don't speak German. Yeah. <laughs> she just dumps the shit right on her, and then she meets her out in the ring for the match. I, but uh, again, I loved it. I loved it. It reminded me of every so. single Spanish Hispanic girl I went to high school with. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that really is though a really big deal. Like, cause they didn't they didn't bring up her nationality at all when she was with Jamie Noble, I feel like. Um she she might have said like something in Spanish like once or twice, but like I don't remember it being a thing. So I agree. I think it was great. I I wish they would have like had her embrace it even more, to be honest. Um, I think at that time period, especially, representation is something that wasn't really happening for a lot of um, a lot of people. Like uh, there, uh, obviously, like there were like six girls. Like so, um, I think it would have been. I think it would have been even better to like have her embrace it even more. So, but I was very happy with the segments where she did get to speak Spanish. Um, you know, show some of that like Latin flair in the ring. I really, I really loved that. 
Um, so much charisma, and she was barely scratching the surface, and that's what like, kind of like upsets me that she. Yeah. That I, I feel like just when we were kind of like sinking our teeth into Nidia, it's like, hey, she's been let go. Someone let posted a picture the other day. Yeah, uh, I'm looking for it right now, yeah. like the nameplates for the women's title. Yeah. We saw like, Stacy's, we saw Tori Wilson, and we saw Nidia. Yeah, so like they, she could have been scheduled to win the women's championship at some point. Um, which I could I could have seen happening, to be honest. I would have loved, you know, when we'll get to that more next episode, but um, when she won that number one contendership, I would have loved some sort of, like, little feud to come out of that with Trish. Um, yeah, I mean, think about it. New Year's Revolution 2005 was in Puerto Rico, so oh if Trish God. and Lita didn't do what they were doing at that time, I feel like that could have been where they pulled the trigger on Nydia. Could, oh my god, could you imagine, like, how big of a pop that would have... The thing is, and what I also loved about Nydia, too, is I feel like she was genuinely getting reactions, which I hear people say, like, no one cared about the women at that time. I've been, like, going back and watching some of these segments, and on Raw, where Raw was live, these girls were getting reactions. Like, yeah. And, like, Nydia was not the star of the division by any means, but she was getting pops. When she came out, and her music wasn't even recognizable. Like she was getting pops. Like <laughs> that's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, it just goes to show that even uh, if they're not used to the fullest, the women on the roster at the time really wanted to make the most of every moment they had. Absolutely. And then, of course, if we are talking about tough enough, we'd be remiss to mention uh, Miss Jackie. Jackie going over to SmackDown. And a actually solid, would un- solid switch. <laughs> Agreed for multiple <laughs> reasons, and would actually go on to manage her. Uh, well, I guess future husband Charlie Haas, as well as Rico. Being at the time, or did they start dating? Do we know this? I don't know. Um, when they started working together, it wouldn't surprise me. Maybe I think I think when they when they uh, the feud adventure that happened later on with uh, Miss Jackie and Don Marie, I think they had already probably been dating at that point. Yeah. Because I think they got married. Uh, I think they got let go like the following year or something like that. And then they got married shortly after that. I, I could be wrong. My time. No, he came back and it was like, they were definitely together when he knocked Lillian off her feet. So yeah. Oh no. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think um, that was, I really loved, uh, I liked the, the partnership of Jackie and Rico in general. Um, I think it was fun. I think it was fresh. Um, and I, well, think- I also thought that they were both like equally flamboyant and played yes. opposite to each other. I think Rico really brought out the Jackie that I wanted to see. When she first debuted in 2002, obviously she was finding her footing. It was She was not ready to be on the main roster. They should have done what they did with Nydia right away with her. And like brought her to developmental, let her work on her craft a little bit more. I think she was injured when she won, wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, so, like, obviously she wasn't, like, fully trained. So, you know, I think, I'm glad she did get back to developmental a little bit more, and they found a shtick for her that worked. I think she was really the perfect person to manage Jackie and Rico. Um, I'm sorry, manage Rico and Charlie. Um, Just, she kind of, like, she fit that in between so well, and she got Charlie to, like, want to stick around with Rico, because he was definitely not going to stick around for Rico. Like, you know, like, so it made sense why he was, like, kind of there. Um, but she was so, and her gear, I loved the outfits she would come out with, too. Like, the, like, 
the way they tied, I was like, this could like easily fall off. But like, <laughs> it was, and she was wearing like those like I don't know if you guys had them, but um, she like I always felt like she was wearing like the Spice Girls. Like they came the dolls. Some of them came with like these like colored hair extensions, and I was like, oh my gosh, she's wearing like Spice Girls Barbie like hair extensions Ooh. in her hair. <laughs> yeah, before the days of Balami hair extensions, there was limited two. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh oh so funny like but i i love and she what what is not talked about a lot too with her in this time period she was fun she was flirty but she was also taking some bumps too like there she got physical in a lot of matches and like was like hurt by the opponents a lot of the time um, and she made it look good too. Like it looked believable. Like I think Charlie Rico lost a few matches because she was taken out at ringside. Didn't she get like a big boot from like Tess or something? Or is that am I thinking of somebody else? Uh, no, because I mean, like whenever she, like Jackie was. Bump. God, I'm trying to think because I was. Try, it might be Stacy. I'm trying. To, I don't think Tess was on SmackDown the same time they were. Um, no, I, I like, no, 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 no. It was Billy Kidman. It was Billy Kidman. Who yeah, it was the, him, uh, the, yeah, the BK bomb. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, 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 yeah, yeah. yes. That that looked so good too. Yeah, because even think about like when she would get into action on Raw. I mean, like obviously we don't talk about that one tag match because we don't need to. But like right. even like when she would get involved with like other stuff. I know like say she was working with uh, Victoria and Stevie Richards. The one time she did take a widow's peak, she made that shit look like death via neckbreaker. Yeah, cool. she she definitely worked on her craft. She was a, she was one of the better sellers, um, and she played her part. And I think to the SmackDown roster, she was she was a great addition. I personally liked that. I loved the two thousand three two thousand two eras, of, obviously, but I actually really liked that little two thousand four grouping of like Dawn, Jackie, Tori, and Sable. I thought it was a cute like group of the girls. Yeah, I wish they did more with uh, just more than Sable and Tori, but that's a different discussion for a different episode. Well, really. So apparently, I mean, yeah, yeah, we'll get we'll get more to that. But like, yeah, I was going to say, like, apparently I heard recently, I was reading like a thread of like diva rumors. They had asked for a title to be brought to SmackDown around that time and they got punished for it. What? Yeah, I don't, I need to go back and read it. It might have been 2003 now that I think about it. I was watching... Um, yeah, uh, I could see 2003, because that's when the women's title just went over so to Raw. It was, it was. So I remember what it was now. So apparently they had asked for one, and then the next week they made them do the Bourbon Street Bikini Contest. Wow. So, and said, so I was like, wow. But could you imagine? Oh, that would have been so great if there was, like, another title around that time period. Like... Oh, man. But whatever. It is what it is. Um, but Jackie was a really fun addition to SmackDown. I liked it. Um, and then the, uh, I love when they debuted. They had that little, like, runway. <laughs> it's cute. Yes. <laughs> I, I think I, like, took a piece of, like, one of my SmackDown stages. And, like, I was using, like, a Tory House of Pain Tory um, as Miss Jackie for a little bit because <laughs> t- other Tori was gone. And, like, I had them come out on, like, this little piece. <laughs> like, <I'm pretending laughs> oh, my God. Wait, um, so was that Tori with one eye then? Tori with one eye, yes. She <laughs> turned into my Miss Jackie. So, like, you had to improvise. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so, anyway, yeah. So, in addition to Jackie, Tori Wilson is still reigning as the queen of SmackDown at this time. Um, and she is getting harassed by the big show. 
<laughs> so <laughs> that segue was everything. <laughs> so, Whatever do you mean, Jake? <laughs> so the big show, there's an episode of SmackDown, which honestly I think is a pretty big testament to how big of a star Tori Wilson was at this time. She was involved in like a main event segment with like top names in the business, like not just with the girls. Um, so, you know, Big Show is chasing her throughout the show. He is just enraged. Um, and he's going to choke slam her off this really high random place in the arena. <laughs> and Kurt Angle comes and he saves Tori and then he gets choke slammed off. And then like, I just remember like, it looked like pudding all over the floor. Because, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, not from his butt, from his head. Like, it's supposed to look like he's bleeding. So, and Tori is screaming her head off. Um, yeah, I think that was eight-year-old Jose's first exposure to WWE, which turned him yeah. away for a little bit. So, yeah, so Tori, like, is screaming her head off. Kurt lives. He's confined to a wheelchair. But instead of, like you know, being mad at the big show, he's mad at Tori Wilson and blames her for this and, like, subjects her to, like, all the crap. She has to face Dawn Marie again at Judgment Day. Like, it's just, like, poor girl. Um, so, yeah, Tori is, like, subjected to, like, all this, like, punishment from Kurt Angle for this. Um, but at Didn't least... she match with Renee Dupree? Yes! Um, she was a guest on the his talk show cafe Renee or whatever. Um, and then she threw wine in his face. <laughs> so the next, and John Cena saved her. Um, Cause I feel like that was also a thing for most women at this time. They had to have a flirt man with John Cena. Um, so then uh, the next week she has to face Renee Dupree, um, which ugh, just shows they needed more women on SmackDown. <laughs> but um yeah yeah but Corey wilson you know still the star of smackdown it's all good we love her yeah i mean so i mean tori's doing whatever she could on smackdown and then meanwhile we do have to go back to monday night raw where we do have some uh interesting things going on in the world of the women's championship uh we did have a battle royal on raw to determine who's going to face victoria at backlash Wait, question how do they feel about battle so royal mad. Do you guys like Battle Royals around this time or dislike them? I around like this Royals. time, I like them more than the ones now. I, thank you so much for saying that because I have always said that and no one agrees with me. I'm like, uh, they were so much more interesting like around this time because I feel like, like now... Honestly, as dumb as it sounds, I kind of like the unpredictability of being eliminated anyway instead of just over the top rope. Right, so do I. Like, I was like, I didn't mind it. And like, People are like, oh, the girls went out so quick then. And I was like, I disagree. I feel like I knew when everyone was eliminated. Like, case in point, the Battle Royal last night, I can't really remember, like, more than three people's eliminations. Yeah, like, the main things that I remember from the Battle Royal last night is everyone getting up on Nia. And Nia putting yeah. on a through table for the fourth week in a row. And then Natty doing, like, the power bomb into the steel po or the ring post to eliminate Lacey. And I thought she won. Right. I completely forgot Lana was in the match. Same. And then so did WWE because they were interrupted by the men. Right. <laughs> exactly. No, it was just like, I, like, I love battle royals in this time period. Like, especially this one. It was so fun. And it came down to Trish and Lita, who hadn't really seen face off in a little bit. And also, like, wait, 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 pause, pause for a second. Is this yeah. the battle royal where they went to commercial break and everybody came, was like gone when they got back? 
I'm almost positive that that, that this is the battle. I think royal it is. I'm is pretty it, sure. I've never been so irate yeah, I, at a battle royal in my entire life. Yeah, because they showed all the eliminations picture. It, it is. It is. It is. And then oh. we came back. It, it was. Also, it was just like, was still there. I think. Oh no, Nydia got eliminated like before Everyone when got they came back. Break. <laughs> yeah. Also, like extra side note, am I the only one that feels like a battle royal should not main event any fucking thing? Never. Um, I don't know. I don't. I. It's, here's the thing: if someone's returning, or if it's unpredictable, like I personally, I don't like. I personally love a battle royal when it's unpredictable and the eliminations are good. I feel like it could really be a good main event. That's just me. Eh, yeah, it could, but the way they built last night and then what ended up happening was yeah. Well, like, I feel like now, like, they, the last Battle Royal I can remember watching and really enjoying was the one when Eva Marie eliminated Asuka. I, that was, like, five years ago. <laughs> like, see, even that one was a stretch for me. I feel like the last really good, like, Divas Battle Royal was Tribute to the Troops 2013. Oh, that was good. Yeah. Yeah, and everyone got an entrance. It was fun. Oh, and that's another thing I liked about this Battle Royal we're talking about right now. Everyone got an entrance. That's something we don't get now. Like... I, the the last battle royal I can remember where everyone got an entrance that was televised was Evolution. Well, I mean, there's no way they're gonna have them all come out to fucking feel me on a pay per view that's all women. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. Didn't even get them real catering. So like, <laughs> so um, tales from the Nassau Coliseum coming soon on our uh, Patreon. <laughs> oh my god! But, Just kidding. We don't have Patreon. <laughs> But uh, anyway, um, yeah, so no, it comes down to Trish and Lita. But what was so cool about this was, so this was really the first time we have seen Trish and Lita, I think, face off since, like, WrestleMania 18. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Was so, it? like, because, yeah. Because when Lita came back, they were attacked. Yeah. So they weren't really, like, on opposite ends for a while. Like, they were teammates, like, for a little bit. Because they were together right. again. Yeah. They, like, for whatever reason, I guess they kind of, like, kept them out of each other's paths uh, for the better part of, like, the thing, what, the spring and the majority of the summer? Yeah, well, well, Lita was out, um, and then, yeah, and then, like, she can't, yeah, so then, like, yeah, they hadn't really, like, faced off, so this was the first time Trisha just turned heel, you know, too, so, like, it, ma- it made sense, and this was the first time in probably, like, four years we were seeing a heel Trish versus a face Lita, too, which was like even cool because last time they faced off, that was like face versus face. So, so yeah, so it was really fresh. Um, I was excited about it at the time. I wanted Trish to win, um, just because like I was all about heel Trish at this time. Um, but it was it was really fun. Um, Lita wins because Chris Jericho gets involved. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, so, not yeah, Toledo winning uh, to a man getting involved in a women's match. No thanks. But I think, I feel like it, with this particular match, it kind of made sense because it also set up the, the, the match at Backlash. It which did. Which is a handicap match. It did. But was, I just, I don't know. I'm like sour on Chris Jericho in general right now. I so. think like, my, well, <laughs> rightfully so. But, but my thing's just, I'm not that into a face-face match. Yeah, Unless there's like an actual yeah. storyline reason for it to be face face. Like it just yeah. doesn't make any sense. I don't know about you guys, but did you guys think maybe, just maybe, we were gonna get Victoria turning heel going into this match? At I first, mean, at I first, know, I, I was I, hoping so. Same. And then this is like right as they're like in between, like turning her fully face with like the dancing and still like uh, kind of crazy. So yeah. Uh, 
she was still she was still using the tattoo song at this time. So like in my head, I'm like, okay, she'll like you know be she'll go psycho again, and then like two weeks, two or, like right after backlash, she like turns into like the comes out with the smock on and like <laughs> rips it off and starts dancing, like. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no. But it I, honestly, though, you know, it was a face versus face match, but it was it was a good face versus face match. Um, it was, but, it, but it, even it, before that, Jake, kind of not to gloss over it because we were talking about how it usually gets glossed over. The week after that battle royal, we had Trish versus Alita in a singles match for the first yes. time in years. Oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So this was their yeah. You're right. This was their first singles match too. The week after. Um, I think this was also two segments, if I remember correctly. It was. They had a commercial break in between. Um, yeah, no, so this was, it was a pretty big deal because they were, even though, like, they hadn't faced off in a while, I think the thing is with Trish and Lita, the excitement's always there to see these two collide. So, I know, like, the, the crowd, like, was, like, amped when they were the final team to Battle Royale, so the next week to have them face off, like, pretty big fucking deal. Yeah, and then I think my thing's just, Trish at this time was such a strong heel like i mean she was out heating a lot of the guys at the time too like, right and that was quick <laughs> like yeah like if i don't know any better i thought it was just triple h and a tank top but <laughs> no like she was getting this mega heat uh lita right. would eventually win the match and everything too but you would see like them really try to like one up each other it's like all right we've been around this rodeo before what you got for me and right. it kind of like set the tone there, so it's like, okay, so the next time these two link up, something's gonna happen. Obviously, there would be months in the making, but that's because of shitty storylines, WWE. <laughs> but yeah, uh, going back to Backlash, I mean, we do have to talk about that women's title match with Victoria and Lita. As the resident Victoria stand in this call right now, I will say I do like her moonsault better than Lita's. That is not to say that Lita's is bad. It's just I feel like Victoria's more a technique whereas Lita's is more of impact and you can tell by the way she throws herself back she's trying to get as much of herself into the bump whereas Victoria's about the hang time and landing perfectly flat every yeah. time too I think Lita's like credited with the moonsault just because she, she was doing it when no one else was Victoria is often left out of this conversation I feel like in terms of like one of the better moonsaults like I, whenever I see like polls for it it's like EO, Lita, Charlotte and like Eve like I never see Victoria mentioned that I'm like, how was she always left out? Because hers was so good. Like you know, she had a couple of them. Like she had the standing, standing one. Standing one, yeah. On the, top, on the top rope too. Like I, I loved her standing one. That was like one of my favorite like parts of her like move set. Um, especially when she worked into like the little like butt jiggle. I thought that was fun. Like <laughs> then Eve tried it and ended up just kind of landing on her hands and not really doing a full standing. <laughs> and what sucks too is that like they always show the Eve one, they never show the Victoria one. Like even the standing moonsault. It's it's just such a shame. Just because Victoria, well, Victoria is left out of the conversation for a, like a lot of things with her. Left out of the conversation, which sucks. But um. This match um, is a hidden gem. If you've never seen it, like, go to the network right now and watch. Um, it's on YouTube. It, it, yeah, it is on YouTube, right. Yeah, so, I do also like the fact that this match, it actually doesn't have, like, a finish where, like, one's definitely put over the other, both on equal right. footing, where it ends in a roll-up. But I'm okay with a match like this ending in a roll-up. Because yeah. it shows, like, okay, they had to get a quick win because what they were doing was working to keep the other woman down because they were equals. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that does bother me, though, is I feel like, so I feel like Victoria got the better of Lita, like, twice now for the women's title. I would have loved 
a third match between these women. You know, just because, like, I feel like, you know, for as big of a star as Lita is, I feel like Victoria is the one who's always had her number. Like, I can't really remember other than the cage match. Oh, Victoria won that, too. So, like, Victoria really... Oh, yeah, because has- I forget about the Fatal 4-Way where yeah. she won the title. Victoria really has Lita's number. So, hmm. let's bring her into the discussion, WWE. Like, <laughs> so... Yeah, as oh. one of our friends would say it, let's talk about the match. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, um, yeah, no, so Lita... You know, what's awesome, though, too, is, so, as we mentioned on the last episode, she was left out of the picture at WrestleMania, which is, what the hell. Um, but, you know, so she's in the women's title picture, doesn't win. So, but don't worry, guys, she's getting a storyline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, Matt Hardy, you know, who is, like, no longer with her, he embarrassed her, um, suddenly is coming to her defense because Kane starts stalking her. Um, which is gross. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so this storyline, which I am so glad it's not really ever brought up these days. And thank the fucking Lord. Yeah. Thank God. And we were, I don't think we want to give it too much attention just because I feel like it really promotes like rape culture and yeah. it's like, it's gross and I don't like it. Yeah, also, um, didn't Heidenreich and Michael Cole have something similar going on on SmackDown yeah. at the same time? Oh, Who no, was the Kirby Raiders that. at this time? Like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, because we had these going on, and then I think, like, not too long before this, we had Katie Vick. Oh, God. Like, who? This is gross. Like, I don't know. This whole storyline is just inappropriate. Fortunately, we don't get to the really, really gross stuff, I think in this episode but we'll just leave it at kane is stalking lita and i the only thing i did kind of like was when he would show up on the titan trying to be like lita (laughs) (laughs) i used to like go behind my brothers and be like lita (laughs) so we're gonna touch base real quick on like uh that whole scenario didn't was that during the time frame where or are we talking later on where like trish takes the choke slam that no, is, that's later. That's later? Okay, yeah, I'll tell you, my, 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 my timeline's all messed up. But, um, yeah, that storyline overall was just really bizarre. It, it was so strange. I mean, like, we'll get to it in later episodes, but just, like, the outcome of Lita aligning with Kane was the weirdest part for me. Like, I'm like, mm, most people don't embrace their abusers, so this is giving a bad, like, message. <laughs> like, so, no, not okay. Um, but yeah, the whole storyline is just a mess. The only, only silver lining is the Kane Lita wedding, which we'll get to next episode, um, mm-hmm. which is a great segment. Um, Jake, are you going to be sporting Trisha's attire to said wedding? I, of course. Of course. I knew white because I knew you couldn't. <laughs> I mean, actually, if we're being serious, next month's your anniversary, so you it technically is. could. <laughs> I actually could. I just might. Um Jesus, <laughs> just might actually. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I love that segment, mainly for like the Trish Lita interactions. Um, and I also like, I don't know why I thought this was so funny. Just the way <laughs> Lita has delivered, I will always love Matt Hardy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he used to like crack me up too. <laughs> I don't know. But this whole storyline is messy boots. Um, we'll talk about it. 
more next episode. But for now, Kane is just at the point of stalking Lita from a safe distance. And that's where it should have stayed. You know, so. six feet apart. So. See, he's socially distanced stalking her. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... The, the, but while Lita's stuck in this shithole of a storyline, there's a cool thing going on on SmackDown. Yes, yeah, so uh, in the land of SmackDown where there's no rock dolls, no Triple H dolls, <laughs> there is a surprise challenger for Chavo Guerrero's open challenge for the Cruiserweight Championship, and it's Jacqueline. Jacqueline. I was shocked by this. I didn't see this coming at all when this happened. God, I was looking back at it and I still didn't see it coming because I feel like that's like one of those things where you're looking at the 2004 bingo board compared to the 2020 bingo board. It's just not on there. <laughs> but lo and behold, Jacqueline comes out. She accepts the challenge. Uh, Chavo Classic tries to interfere in the match and it backfires. Jackie hits a low blow and rolls up Chavo and becomes the only woman in the WWE to win the Cruiserweight Championship. It's super cool moment. I um, pop for it. I, 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 I love did. Jackie. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad they gave her a men's title just because she wrestled. She like China obviously gets credited a lot with wrestling the men for good reason, but like Jacqueline was also doing a lot of this at this time period, and it's not brought up a lot. Um, I mean, I know we've discussed it on the show before, like her matches with Crash and Dean Malenko and stuff, but um, she was wrestling the men too, and so I'm happy. You know, they at least gave her the rub. She wasn't doing anything on Raw. Like I think they even forgot she was there. Like, I think it's also interesting. Uh, no, she didn't. She was that was like 2002. I think she was doing the ref thing, and then like from I don't, they really just like used her sporadically. I don't think I don't know if I'm correct, but I don't think she was used since like the fall of 2003. I mean, she might have been uh, coaching tough enough for that one season, but oh, great! Right. Right. I think she was. I think she might have been. Yeah, um, but, like, I mean, Jackie's always had the reputation of being a snug worker in the ring, just, like, one of the hardest hitters, even by men. So it made sense that she could go blow for blow with guys in the right. cruiserweight division. So, obviously, the rain didn't last that long. It was only a week and a half. But uh-huh. it did give us a little bit of hope that maybe, you know, Jacqueline could get to square up with some of the guys more before she would eventually be released by WWE later that year. But... At least she had this, like, as a passing moment before right. she ended up walking out of the company, so. Love to see her tangle up more with more of the guys. Like, I would have loved to see her take over, like, a Spike Dudley or, like, uh, like another match maybe with Chavo Guerrero or uh, I'm trying to think who else. Maybe even, like, a Rey Mysterio, like, th- because those are, like, oh, the yeah. guys who are a focal point in the Cruiserweight division. And, and like you mentioned, Jackie was probably one of the harder hitters in all of WWE, not just in the women's division, but like you said, in all of WWE. So I think she would have brought a lot to the table. I wish they would have continued just a little bit more, but I mean, it is what it is. We got what we got. <laughs> she would have, like, I would have loved to see her too. Like the Cruiserweight division, if I remember correctly, was pretty stacked at this time too. Like they had Jamie Noble. Um, I think Tajiri just went to Raw, but he would have been great with Jacqueline. Yeah, uh, they had Paul London. Oh, yeah. Had- Oh, God, Paul London and Jacqueline would be fun, too. I think Kendrick was there, maybe. I don't know. Um, But, like, it would have been, like, there would have been so many great possibilities for her to wrestle. But, um, you know, like we said, it's awesome that they at least gave her the title for, even though it was a short reign, she still counts as a cruiserweight champion. Um, I think Medusa's only other woman who have hold it right in oh no daphne did as well too. oh shit you're right oh my god i totally forgot about daphne oh my god how did i forget her oh man so uh, at least she, 
I'm glad Daphne at least wanted in WCW considering she never won the knockouts title, but that's a different story for a different episode. Oh, man. I, I wish Daphne, I remember the Sunday night he, her and Crowbar were on. Um, cause I love Daphne and WCW. I love the WCW women. We should do like a special episode on them just for fun one day. I'm totally, I'm totally for that. Yeah. I love the WCW women's division. Like, I mean, it wasn't much of a division, but like the characters were awesome. I like, mean, as long as we get to like go, uh, word by word on the classic promo by AC jazz. <laughs> yes. Skanks. Um, Skanks. 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 See, that's not to do any iron and boards in the Kmart, right? <laughs> Get out of the ring. Out. AC, what are you doing? What has gotten into you? <laughs> oh, God. God, such a good segment. Oh, my God. I feel like we got a good Sierra on that episode, being the WCW women's historian she is. Yes. Oh my She'd god. She'd kill me if we didn't. So I love it. I wish those girls got more. Medeja was amazing. Like I wish those girls got more. I used a posh spice action figure as my Medeja for some reason. Yeah. I... No, and then like Charmel when she was wrestling as Paisley. Oh, Paisley, like, yes. Could... Oh. Paisley. Remember Midnight? Midnight was also Major really Guns. Good. Major Guns. I loved Major Guns. Oh my god, she was awesome. Oh, and I mean Molly in there as Mona was super, super good. But God. And Medusa, I just remember Medusa. Are you ready? <laughs> God, I miss WCW. <laughs> it was good. Oh my God. All right. Okay. We're getting off topic, but it wouldn't be the yes. show if it's safe. So, yeah. so, much like Kalani's latest album, WCW Women's Division, <laughs> it was good until it wasn't. Hey, um, but you know what was good? Gail Kim um, coming back to Monday Night Raw after a collarbone injury and getting back into the title picture. All that olive oil got her back on her feet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you really think it would have helped Victoria slide out of the Cristo, but nope, she tapped out two weeks in a row, earning Gail Kim that title shot, getting into Bad Blood 2004. Well, I mean, it kind of didn't give her a singles title shot because she would lose to Lita a week after and kind of oh, set up the fatal. I mean, if there's one thing that Gail Kim knows, it's a DDT. Every DDT she sold like death, aside from the one on Raw in 2009. We don't talk about that match. But... No. She was concussed, to be fair. Yes. <laughs> so, but, oh my God. Whoa. She, I, I remember being kind of pissed, actually, about this, because I was really looking forward to the one-on-one title shot for Gail, because I wanted Gail, I wanted Gail to win the title, even though I liked Victoria a lot at this time. I felt like Gail needed the title to kind of make up for the first run. Well, I mean, um, at this point, Gail had legitimacy on her side. She wasn't I, just the upstart that debuted in a battle royal and won the title on her first night. Now she's getting into, like, being a main player. Like, we know that she had this great submission background. Like, she could use her body very agile, very technical. Yeah. She, she had a great, she had a very unique moveset because she kind of combined, like, a lot of different things a lot of the other women weren't doing. Um, and... And on top of that, you know, like before her, like there weren't very many, um, well, I don't think there were any Korean. um, No, not at all. No, yeah. So she was the first Korean diva, which was like huge as well. I mean, I just really, I really wanted her to get another run for the title. It's just kind of funny to look back now. And just, I remember in 2003 and like people were like, oh my God, this girl can't wrestle. She keeps botching. And it's just like, I can't believe people were saying that about Gail Kim. 
who is like, I feel one of the most established and one of the most consistent workers in wrestling. Well, not only that, I mean, she was doing things that I think fans were only used to seeing Lita do. Like, yeah. high flying and stuff. So I, right away, you know, she does a plancha and they're like, oh, that's Lita's move. It's like, no, like, there's oh. other wrestling out there and she's she's doing stuff that I'll, that I'd say 80% of the women's roster at that time wasn't doing. Oh, so and her ground game out. was so good. I mean, oh, to so this good. day, her submission moves, like, I mean, you would see other women try to replicate them later on. Uh, I mean, we have moved past the days of jean shorts and Chuck Taylors, but <laughs> nevertheless, she made a large influence in that company and sure enough would be the focal point of what was perhaps the biggest alternative to a WWE diva and to this day, one of the most respected women's divisions outside of WWE the Impact Knockouts division. Yeah, totally. totally. I mean, I, I still say we should eventually have an episode going over the golden age of, or the golden era of TNA. Absolutely. Sure. We were, we're definitely doing that too. I, you know, it's so funny you mentioned that too, because I actually was like, um, going back and looking at the other day. So my next episode of um, Golden Memories is kind of focusing on like women who didn't hold the women's tag titles. And I talked about Gail Kim and Molly Holly. And I was like, you know, I really would have loved their reign to pan out like, when Gail and Madison were tag team champions um, with like Molly playing more of the Gail role because she was knockout champion as well. Like it's like, oh, I'm the women's division in TNI used to be, it still is amazing. Don't get me wrong, but it's just like, you know, at the time when they were at like their peak of popularity, I think it was like, it was just something so magical. For sure. I mean, like, you think about all the different characters you had there. You had Gail Kim, who was, like, in her first run, like, the like you couldn't help but to be, like, the ultimate underdog, kind of like that Division yeah. 3 Mysterio, her perfect foil and Awesome Kong. You had the very catty, bitchy, beautiful people. Like, you had the voodoo queen and Roxy Laveau. You had mm -hmm. Christy Hemi, like, trying to scratch and claw her way into becoming more of a wrestler. Like, there was a knockout for every kind of personality that you could want in a women's division. And so they much all made... And I they think, made bangers in the ring, too. And I think they kept that formula going, though, honestly, for, like, years after. Even when they brought in, like, Victoria and Mickey and stuff like that. Um, like, where I feel like what is one area WWE kind of floundered in, I feel like a lot of the women lost the personality and the character and were just kind of there as years go on after the golden era. Not all the women had that persona that you could relate to. I feel like TNA, one thing they did very well is, even if they weren't the top girl, they you still knew who they were and what they were about. And not that many of them looked the same, too. No, exactly. They made good use of international talent, like Ayako Hamada. Sarita was coming in from Mexico. I mean, oh you had... God, yeah. Like, representation I mean, for everyone. And not only that, what I loved is that, like, they had all experience levels. So, like, it made it seem like, like, there was people you can relate to. Like, even still... Even though, like, like people like uh, Christy Hemi and, and uh, Shelly Martinez, who came in and they were part of the roster, they weren't the most experienced, but they played their role to a T. And, and that's what I loved is that everyone, you knew exactly when the music hit, you knew exactly who was coming out, you knew exactly, you know, what they were bringing to the table, which is, like, Jake, like you said, it's, it's kind of lost a little bit nowadays. Yeah, we're, absolutely. We're, getting, we're, we're, we're kind of steering a little bit towards, you know, finding, uh, finding characters, so on and so forth. But back then... The, the knockouts division was completely untouchable. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I really do hope that it's something that makes a comeback within WWE. I feel like there's, there's definitely, don't get me wrong, there's definitely women we know, okay, this is who they are, this is their shtick, but then there's so many 
especially like watching the draft and just seeing, you know, how many women weren't even like drafted until like after the show and stuff like that. It's just like, oh, we'll just throw them here. Like Mickey James isn't even drafted yet. Like <laughs> what? Like it just, it, it's mind boggling how little attention some of these women get, like, especially like within that battle royal last night. It's just like, what? Like, yeah, I think kind of to go off of that, I don't know if this is something people really think about, but back in the day, it was like, oh, they never really got a chance because there was only one spot and like so many women. But nowadays, there's like four or five times the roster. So right. those spots on TV are even more competitive. Even if they are getting three different segments, you're still getting girls that either don't even get to be a main event or they're just not on TV. And that's because there's so many of them now. Kind right. of oh. the opposite. It's got to be, like, I was looking at the Raw roster. On Friday night, I was so excited for Naomi being drafted. Now, after the last night's draft, yep. I'm like, holy shit, she's fucked. Like, I'm like, this is like, this roster is stacked. I'm like, I was like, how is she going to succeed with, like, you know, Alexa, who is now, like, Miss Fiend, who, who's killing it? I'm not criticizing that. I love that. But, like, you have her, you have Charlotte, who will be back eventually. Yeah, like, Becky, I'm sure, will come back. Nia and Shayna. Lacey's there. Asuka. Like, I'm just like, oh, my God, there's so many people. The only, I re- I honestly hope they turn her heel and, like, put her in um, her business or something like that. I would love to see a female in that group. Um, but... Yeah, I don't I don't know. I really hope for the best for her. I want her to succeed so badly. And hopefully um, it also doesn't involve a blonde wig, but you know. No. You do what but, you got to do to get that title. Yeah. And all the but I will say I'm optimistic about the Smackdown division. I like the way that turned out. I think we're going to get to see Bianca shine, um which is awesome. Um but yeah, we'll see how I hope we see Billy shine too. I'm happy she was separated from Peyton. Yeah, like honestly, Bianca versus I was, Oh, go ahead. Bianca versus Bailey is going to be absolutely amazing. Oh my Bianca god! Bianca versus Sasha. <gasps> Shut up and take my money. Oh my god! I just I'm so excited. Like see all the possibilities we're going to get to see. I'm I, I don't know. It's it's going to be exciting. Um, yeah, like as it stands right now, I think the current SmackDown roster that's going to be debuting uh, this weekend as we're recording this is probably reminding me a lot of 2016 SmackDown yes. roster. Yes. I just hope Mickey goes to SmackDown, too. Oh, my so God. She, I'm pregnant. Yeah. I want her to have real opportunity, I feel like, on Raw. Oh, even Zelina. I'm excited for her that she got traded, too, because I feel like she's got something to show us. Um, and I'm hoping she gets that chance on SmackDown as well, because I don't think she's going to be with Andrade. They didn't really draft no. me yet, but I'm sure well, he's I mean, on they Raw. They broke up weeks ago anyways. Yeah. Well, it was weird, though, because, like, last night was yeah, so confusing. I don't get what she was were, like, yeah, I was like, I was like, wait, they split them up, and then she's like consoling Andrade. I'm like, you're not with him. Like, <laughs> I mean, obviously it makes sense for what happened afterwards, but yeah. So like, I, I get, yeah. I she, she got drafted because I think Alistair Black got drafted to SmackDown as yeah. well. Yeah, so like, they're, yeah, they're trying to keep the the, the the relationships, I guess, on the same brand, which yeah. which is okay. And honestly, like, I'm just excited to see more of her mix things up because she's so little, but she can she packs so much like charisma, personality. And such a sh- small frame. Like, if it's believable from Alexa Bliss, trust me, it could be believable from Selena Vega. It reminds me of, like, a weird hybrid of, like, AJ and Melina. Like, where she's got that charisma Melina had as a manager, I feel like. Um, she'll throw herself at whoever, like, AJ Yeah, has. yeah. And then, but then, like, I feel like, you know, an ob- maybe it's just, like, because she played AJ, literally. But, like, I feel like I get a lot of AJ vibes. It's crazy that she's been around for so long. 
You know, like she, like I think, like you forget she was in TNA, like like ten years ago. Like, isn't that nuts? Like, I'm like, what the hell? Like, was she twelve in TNA? Like, what? Like, so, (laughs) oh my god. But yeah, she's great. Um, I hope she gets an opportunity to shine too. Um, I'm just, I'm being optimistic. I just really, I really want Naomi to get a chance to shine on Raw. Um, I think she deserves it. So we'll see what happens. But um, but yeah. Kim, she's getting the shine. She's getting the title shot. It's now a favorite four way. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Wait, no, so to, to set up that fatal four way, didn't like Trish go behind? Like, I guess she like weaseled her way in because she wasn't originally not supposed to be in that match. Was, yeah, isn't she, that what the story? What the storyline was? Like, so Lita, like, Lita earned her way in. I'm trying to remember how Trish got in this. I meant to double check this. Shit. <laughs> I think um, she like, went to Eric Bischoff and was like, you know what? I feel like this should be this. I uh, think that's great, but like, that I think sounds, be yeah. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah, which made sense. And honestly, I'm glad this is the route they went with her because Christian just got hurt. Um, so yeah, like, it's yeah. like, yeah, Christian. He, I think it was like in the cage match or something like that. Um, he just got injured, so now it was just her and Tomko because Tomko wrestled. Chris Jericho one-on-one at that pay-per-view. So good. Um, so um, then uh, Trish, you know, like it was like, oh shit, she's going to get lost in the shuffle. Thankfully not. Um, so it's the Fatal 4-Way. Um, and this was actually, I liked this match. I feel like it's not really talked about often, but I thought it was, like, if you look at it now though, I, at the time I don't think we would have realized it, but these are four legends going at it in this match. Like, Gail, Kim, Trish, Lita, and Victoria? Holy yeah. shit. Like, yeah, I mean, like, uh, if we're counting reigns across every company they've been in, we're looking at 25 championships between those four women. That's crazy. And that's not including tag team championships. That's, like, that's Can we just talk for a second how much I love Trish's gear in this match? Yeah. So this is when she started. Am I the only one that hated right? it? Really? You didn't like the velvet gear? I mean, you know how I feel about anything <laughs> nowadays. I, I really like when she was both of the, the sky and the dream variety. Uh, <laughs> um, I like I liked it. Um, I think it was a good change for her because she needed something to kind of differentiate from her her face gear. I liked I honestly liked it better than like what she wore to the battle royal. I mean, it just um, kind of looked like she was wearing coveralls, like kind of similar to what ODB would wear in TNA, but just in black. It was. She's had well, better one pieces. She's she's definitely well. They they evolved. Here's the thing: when you do a gear change, the first one is always not going to be the home run. You're That's Nia Jax. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> first one, it's going to be like the test run, and unfortunately, a lot of the times that's going to be at like a pay per view and a memorable moment. So it's like, okay, well, here is your brand new gear. Stop smelling the rug. Sorry, my dog is smelling the rug. So, like, he's, like, walking in circles. I was, like, we're not going to poop here. Um, but, uh, so, um, but anyway, but, like, yeah, so this gear isn't going to be a home run. I feel like over time, this style really evolved. Personally, my favorite jumpsuit of hers, everyone says the Raw Made event. I like the New Year's Revolution one. I was like just going to say that one. So pretty. I love that one. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, I think she found it. I like where her gear went over time. Like, when she came back in 2005, those were her best gear. Well, actually, I like what she, I like. What she wears now when she wrestles, stuff like that is my favorite. Like, I love, like, a bodysuit. 
Yeah, I mean, I still feel like 2005, 2006 was like her peak in the gear, but what she came back mm-hmm. in like in 2018 onward was it looked good as well too. Yeah, I I, I, just, I don't know. I just like her SummerSlam one wasn't my favorite, but yeah, that I agree uh, with. Yeah, I was like, this is I get the Toronto thing, but it's not your best. Hers, I think, was the Unforgiven one when she wore in the tag match. Yeah, oh, I was gonna I say the, like yeah. Unforgiven 2006. I thought yeah. she would have kind of went back to that when she oh. was facing Charlotte. Why is there no gear outfit of that t- as a toy? Not oh. in an action figure. Not in a oh. video game. Like uh, what? How? It's such an iconic moment. I'm sure down story. the line they'll probably end up making one. To be honest, if they do like a like a defining moments or something, they'll probably you know, do one. If I could see them doing a two pack with like Lita in the green rated R shirt and the bangs. So maybe I'd love, I'd love an ultimate edition of Trish in that, like with a swapping head of her crying. Like they did like a, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they did an ultimate edition Becky with the messy hair. Why not like sobbing? Tr- and then like an accessory of Lillian Garcia pointing at her. Like, no, and then like, they'll package it where like she has Lita in the sharpshooter, but people are going to think it's something much more appropriate. <laughs> This is inappropriate for children. <laughs> Isn't that so funny? Now? Yeah, I can just see, like, at WWE Moms on Twitter to be like, why are these two women scissoring in the action figure box? Like, <laughs> I'm honestly shocked. Like, there have so now, like, a lot of the action figures, like, come with interchangeable heads and hands. And I remember, like, the Al Snow thing with the head being so controversial and then the Lita getting a 3D from Bubba and stuff. I'm like, how is, I'm like, I'm shocked no one's like bitch that like Nia Jax comes with three heads separated from her body. <laughs> like, yeah. Like... She's not like most girls. <laughs> it's not like most heads. <laughs> it's what I bet, I bet Drew McIntyre if you about to go and I had him sign my action figure and he's like, oh, is this the one with the dismembered head? <laughs> he's like, he's like, my nephew loves it. He goes, I have your head. <laughs> oh <laughs> but uh yeah but anyway but yeah make make trish in that gear we want it um and not as a basic so anyway <laughs> i'm lodging oh, my Lord. mattel complaints here i mean we <laughs> did get the evolution gear as a basic which wasn't that great. here's the thing i was actually even okay with that um just because i think the basic the basics usually suck but these came out so good like the details on point and I, I have a loose one, but I got, I ordered the one. I think she still has some. If anyone's listening, um, her and Lita are signing some of them and selling them on Trisha's website. And I think it was only like a hundred, which is like not bad for like something signed by Trisha and Lita. Um, so I picked up one of those for my display, um, because I felt like it was a necessary item. But anyway, um, so yeah. But anyway, but so Trish wins her fifth title in this match. Um, were you guys surprised? Honestly, the thing that surprised me the most is that Victoria really didn't do jack shit in this match. No. No, not at all. Wasn't involved in the finish. Didn't really have, like, any memorable spots. I think the spot in the match is when Gail took Lita's DDT again. Yeah. No, definitely. I feel what sucked on that end was that I feel like this was the start of, like, Victoria kind of being pushed to the back burner. Like, all the way up until she, like, flipped her shit and like beat the hell out of the diva the diva search girls that just came in from the bikini contest and which i think was what like the following year but like she took the yeah. back seat for quite a while and i feel like this was like the start of it like she wasn't involved in like jose says she wasn't involved in the finish she just looked like she really didn't play much into the match she went in as and she didn't which you, i don't know maybe this didn't bother you guys as much but 
Like, I'm a firm believer that the champion either should come out first or come out last. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That pissed me off, too. I remember. So, like. Especially in a multi-person match? No. Yeah. That really pissed me off, actually, a lot. Because that kind of just shows, hey, even though you're the champion, you're not the biggest star in this match. Like, so it's just like, right away, her coming out, you're like, all right, well, why should I care if she retains or not? She's not even the biggest name here. And she didn't. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, what I think, I, I have to say, though, I think they knew they had, um, they had something with um, the Trish and Lita thing, at, especially after, like, having them face off a little bit. They probably wanted to get the belt back on Trish. She was in her prime as a heel. It made sense. Um, and I think, you know, like, going into the summer and the new transition of the women's division with the Diva Search starting and stuff, it... I guess it's just, it, it made more sense to have it on a recognizable face like Trish when more attention is going to be on the product with this Diva Search thing that they're trying out. Yeah, and I mean, her, like, rolling up Lita after Lita hit the DDT, I mean, kind of to allude to next episode, really did plant the seeds for Absolutely. their feud was going. Absolutely. So it, it, made, it made sense. I hated to see Victoria in, like, such a crap spot and, like, so out of the picture. And then, like, I... Don't think she even, like, really got a rematch for a little bit, right? No, I don't remember if she got a rematch, she, actually. Victoria? Yeah, she got one at uh, Unforgiven. Unforgiven, uh, but Unforgiven like, I think, like, maybe, like, a, a few months later. Yeah, months. but I'm saying, like, if yeah. she didn't really get a rematch. Yeah. I, I think she she wrestled Molly for, like, the number one contendership at the next pay-per-view. Yeah, which we will talk um, about next month, that yeah. Dungeons match. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so she, she gets, like, she gets thrown into the number one contender scene. But, like, yeah, the women's division is kind of, like, weird, like, after, after this for a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I, it, it is what it is. I was very happy for Trish. I, historic fifth title reign, too, which is awesome. Yep, uh, she went on to pass Mueller's record with this reign, too, yeah. so. Which is yes. always nice to see. And so. this, unlike her other reigns, this is, like, one of her longer ones, too. So... Um, which I, this is a good, this is a good reign. I really like this reign. I think this could be my favorite one of hers. Yeah, I feel like as a whole, this reign's probably the better reign. I yeah. know the one after this is like the iconic one because it's so long, but it's also partly because she was injured. Yeah, she was gone for like so long that like, I just like, I have a hard time being like, oh, that was the better one just because like she was out of the picture for months and not at no fault of her own. She didn't even want to hold on to the belt, but whatever. It is what it is. So, um, <laughs> but you know uh, what else is what it is, Jake? What? Us being out of time on this episode. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yes. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, four months came and went and sure enough, we're back in the saddle again on the golden air podcast. And we had a lot to go over and I yeah. felt like we have a lot coming up in the next episode too. I mean, we have the iconic 2004 diva search. So, oh you know, we're probably going to have to uh, <laughs> so do a dramatic reading of the uh, iconic Dis the Diva segment. We're all going to have to drink a pie. <laughs> I do apologize to our sponsors ahead of time for anything that is not being cleared before you hear it. I think we should read it as a poem, the Dis the Diva. So, like, like, those lips look like a fish. Snap the fingers, snap the fingers. Shake that ass, Joy. Who tried out for a Playboy? And they and laughed. They laughed. <laughs> <laughs> Shake that fat ass, mom. 
Shake that <laughs> oh my, God. Fat ass. my favorite is like when people like Christy, I love you need to learn like, how to look a pie. <laughs> the best is like when like teenagers like on Twitter who like weren't watching at this time or born like see this and they're like they showed this on TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor Stacy Keeble look absolutely mortified. Oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, between that segment and the, I, the Divas lingerie fashion show, Stacy was quite uncomfortable. Poor Stacy. Okay, you know, she says she didn't deserve to be champion. I disagree. She deserved it based on hosting that damn segment alone. Like, <laughs> poor girl. Like, she was thrown to the wolves. <laughs> I mean, uh, no woman's title uh, reign, no mirror ball from Dancing with the Stars because she got screwed in the finale. And still yet to be in the Hall of Fame. What gives? You know what? But she's probably the richest former diva like of WWE. Like I think she married very wealthy and she doesn't look like she's aged at all. So you know what? She got the better end of the stick. Maybe maybe a stressful women's title reign was not in the cards for her. She knew what she was doing. For you, Stace. Yep, she had a leg up on uh, WWE. <laughs> A 41 and a half inch leg. I was actually like, so I was like going back, I think it's actually might be tomorrow for like this today in history things. And I totally forgot she had that segment with Jillian when she was talking about her feud with Jennifer Aniston. I was oh, like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I forgot. The last match on Velocity. Yeah. I was like, I forgot she was involved in like A list feuds. Like, I was like, oh shit, Stacey was a big deal. <laughs> so oh man anyway um well, yeah, yeah. big deals i mean jake your big deal right now is also golden memories on the ring the bell youtube channel coming back it is yeah so we have a new episode hopefully coming out by the end of the month i mean i told my editor to have it by then because i mentioned voting which is very important so <laughs> if not it won't make sense yeah so, by the way if you are uh, old enough and live in the united states please go fucking vote like it's the important um there's very very important like no fucking joke like there's a lot at stake in this election um if you're a person who wants rights of any kind please go um you can vote early if you can please try to vote early um it's super easy i just got my email today that's saying my ballot was counted i got my mail in in the mail you can deliver in person i chose to deliver mine in person but you can also mail it which is super safe and you'll get a notification that it was received and your vote was counted. So do it now. Yeah. And well, smack down your vote, guys. Smack down your vote. Smack down your vote. Oh my gosh. Shit. Damn it. Why didn't I think? I was like trying to think of like an old voting campaign. How did that not come to mind? Oh my God. <laughs> See, I was waiting for you to go to the Terry voice to talk about pulling a lever in the booth. <laughs> And for once, we actually mean the ballot in my box. We do mean the actual general election for once, and not China or Dixie Carter on a podcast. We mean like the real presidential election. Wasn't general erection in the misfits of action <laughs> with Major Gun or general oh. erection? <laughs> Oh no, I don't remember that. But now, now was I'm gonna he, to... wait, wasn't it Hugh Morris's name, or was it Booker T's name? I don't remember. No, Booker T was GI Bro. Again, if one of our WCW historians can uh, <laughs> let us know, please tweet us at Bell. Anyway. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I mean, 
that's definitely going to be something we go through with our WCW deep dive. We have to at this point. We apparently we owe you guys at see a WCW episode, a TNA episode. Do we want to do an ECW episode while we're at it? Um, I don't think ECW, but like that much. At least growing up, I didn't. Um, I try to like watch uh, bits and pieces of like Heat Wave and all the, all the like different shows that they yeah. had because it's on the I'm, network. So. They had the one yeah, match that Beulah won that Bill Alfonso almost bled to death, and then, yeah, that was really it. Honest, and I know I'm not supposed to say this. I don't like ECW. Um, I know everyone's like all the diehard. Oh, I don't like it either. I just, yeah, it just never clicked for me. Like, especially like you know, being from Philadelphia, I tell people that they're like, oh, ECW. I'm like, oh, I hate it. Anyway, (laughs) 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 um, yeah, I don't know. The only thing I really liked about it was like Jazz and Don Marie, and I didn't really like like the early days of Lita. (laughs) Yeah, like I didn't really even like them until they got to WWE. So, like, uh, I did like Francine. Like, so I don't know. But yeah, WCW guy. Yeah, WCW was great. I guess ECW just wasn't very women centered, so like I just wasn't into it. You know, yeah, that's fair. But yeah, so thank you all for listening to this episode. It's good to be back, uh, gentlemen. I know what we have a lot going on. So Ramon, where can people find you? So you guys can follow me on uh, social media on Instagram at Ramon Luis Blanco Jr. on Twitter at Ramon Luis Blanco, and you guys can. Uh, I'm actually in the process of starting my own podcast, uh, so you can follow Woo! that. Uh, you can follow that on Instagram as well. It's at Shooting the Sh- Podcast. So uh, hopefully I want to get you guys on um, later on the line, but we're not here for me. But um, yeah, so definitely get you guys on to kind of share your story and, and talk about real life products and kind of veer away from wrestling. But that's a whole other topic. I like a whole nother love day. that. Oh my I'm proud God. of you. That's great. I mean, considering yes. how rarely I actually watch wrestling, that actually does sound great. <laughs> <laughs> no, for, for sure. I just, I, I wanted, I want the idea behind it was to just create a podcast that everyone can relate to and have people talk about different scenarios that are actually going on in life. And it's not overly saturated by like, you know, the public eye and social media and people like, yeah, they share their problems, but like, you know, Hollywood tends to kind of like mask a lot of the BS. So I, I'd be able to talk to people and share real life scenarios. I'd be like, oh shit, I actually can relate to that. Nice. The title. <laughs> no, I'm definitely looking forward to like hearing how it comes out because I know you've been working on this for the last couple months. So I'm excited for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked. I have a lot of things going on. I'm wrestling again. I'm doing all these things again. So uh, that's probably one of the reasons you guys probably won't be seeing me on too, too much. But um, this is definitely something I wanted to make time for and come on and record this with you guys because this is like be able to kind of step away from like you know, all the stuff going on in the real world and be able to come and just chit chat with you guys and just, you know, spend an hour or two, just no pun intended, shooting the shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, it definitely uh, is a, definitely a stress reliever and more like a, it's therapeutic. <laughs> no, for sure, too. I mean, like, I mean, if someone wants to buy this man a damn coffee, I mean, he's working, he's bumping, he's hosting, like, he has a lot going on. <laughs> but um, I, I, I strive to be busy, so I love it. Well, honestly, like podcasting should be something that is like a stress reliever. If, if it gets like if it's something you don't like, it doesn't bring you joy. Like, why do it? Because podcastings are supposed to be about your interests, about things that you like talking about. You know, like I'm glad you're doing that. I think that's amazing. Well, thank you, thank you. Yeah, and I mean, Jake. I mean, you've been in the game damn near a decade at this point. So, I mean, if Jesus. you're still going, you have to like something. <laughs> yeah. No, I just don't know when to shut up. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if there's one good thing it did get you that swipe up thing on Instagram now. So, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, 
who comes in handy. So, I mean, like, I really just use it to promote Chris's GoFundMe. But, yeah, but, which is a valid cause. So I'm glad I'm doing it for that. So, right. anyway. But, uh, yeah, no. Um, yeah, doing it a while. I love podcasting. I think it's fun. And I'm really happy we're doing this one, too. So, but... Um, you guys can find me, uh, speaking of Insta, uh, which one is that one? Uh, Jake, not Jacob Smith. <laughs> you know, I had to make sure it's the real account instead of what, the not fourth or fifth K, one? Not Jake, not Jacob. <laughs> Jacob. <laughs> He's not a father looking to get into wrestling with his daughter. He does not have an OnlyFans. He does have an OnlyBands, but... <laughs> It was like I went to the website too, and it wasn't even like OnlyFans. It was like some like fake OnlyFans, like or something like that. Like it, it was, wasn't like, just, just for fans. <laughs> I, like, I was like, what the fuck? Like I mean, like I sent an email. And I was just like, oh, this isn't fucking me. Like and they took it down right away. But like I was just like, what the fuck? Like, but it was just so funny. Like the messages people were getting. Like and they're like, okay, like I talked to Jake, and you haven't mentioned China within the first two minutes. I know this isn't you. Like so, um, yeah, whatever. But um, yeah, you can find me there. And then Twitter is Jake isn't Jacob. Um, so yeah, um, cross me. Bye. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, you can find me at Twitter, Instagram, the Jose Can You See, twitch.tv slash Jose Can You See, getting back into streaming more. I know personally, I do have merch out regards to my streaming stuff, which actually right now, yeah. until the end of October, any proceeds I get from my merch site, teespring.com slash game gonna go towards helping chris's gofundme too so Aww. get yourself a nice mask like stickers for your laptop a hoodie whatever like anything that you can do to support that cause i'd be greatly appreciated and also the merch actually looks pretty fucking good because over by design our good friend joe helped design it so yeah definitely thank you to that and then thank you all for listening it felt great to be back in front of the microphone for the first time in ages with my friends and we hope that you guys enjoy this episode like uh share it uh do whatever you want to do Make sure you check out our Audible link, audible.com slash goldenair. Get that free 30-day trial and listen on Comparable with us and let us know what your favorite parts of the book are. And we will see you guys next episode. Take care. Bye. Bye.